It's party time. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. I, uh, I'm excited, man. I, uh, you got to be excited to keep because the world's such a scary place right now. They're trying to kill all of us. Uh, you got to find some things to find some joy in. And uh, I just got a cool gift, Chris and Kayla. I got a cool gift from uh, my buddy over in Weatherford, Texas. And uh, listen, you want to get your stuff promoted on the show? <laughs> Send really cool gifts. Uh, this is Ron Miskin. He's got um, Ron's got uh, the Buffalo Wool Company over in Weatherford, Texas, and he sent a little deal. Here's a little card. It said, "Mr. Beck, Mr. Prather, the Blaze TV crew, thank you for all for speaking the truth." And he sent us some. He sent us some uh, buffalo jerky. That's helping me on the keto. And then he sent some uh, wool socks. Buffalo wool. You got some buffaloes, don't you, Chris? Yeah, they. Uh, you never give me socks. Look at those right there. And uh, I know the Buffalo Wool Company, pretty cool. So thanks, Ron, for sending those over. And uh, the uh, BuffaloWoolCo.com. Check them out. Anyway, I uh, we're going to be tonight. Uh, we're in Lindale, Texas, at um, Brisket Love, and then Friday night I'm going to be in Seattle. Well, I'm going to be in Everett, north of Seattle, at the uh, historic. Everett Theater. So if you know anybody in Washington State, tell them to come to our show. We're unapologetic. I say our. It's just going to be me. I'm not schizophrenic, so all my multiple personalities will be there. But uh, unashamed, unapologetic. We're making fun of everything. Make fun of me. Make fun of you. Make fun of your dog. Whatever. We're making fun of everybody. So come do that. And then in Greensboro, North Carolina, going to be there November 4th and 5th. we got a few shows that are going to be pretty interesting that are happening, but you can go to watchchad.com and uh, get the information there. Places like Greenville, South Carolina, back in Arlington, Texas. Ottumwa, Iowa. Uh, that thing's been on sale for a minute, been selling pretty good, and I'm anticipating a sold-out show. So if you're in, you know, if you're in Iowa, grab your friends and come down and hang out with us. Oh, Chris, 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 Chris. I want to go backwards, okay? Because we had an interesting week. I went down to Antiques Week over the weekend, and uh, that's down in Round Top, Texas. I never miss it when they're having their event a couple times a year. Love going down there, hanging out. And uh, I ate something, put me on the toilet. I don't know what it was. Could have been the keto. I don't think so, though. And uh, Sunday was an interesting day. Let's just, I'll just leave it at that. And uh, interesting day. But uh, I don't have much of a cell signal when I'm down there because it's kind of the middle of nowhere, Texas. But every now and then some, some news stories would pop off. And I was like, am I really seeing what I'm seeing? For instance, Stacey Abrams, who, of course, is running for governor in Georgia, who is our, you know, one of one of the morons we like to pick on. She had a she had a solution for inflation. This is the very last clip you got on the list there. She had a solution. For inflation, and this is mind blowing to me that somebody would say this out loud, but this is what she had to say. Play it. Uh, I would assume maybe incorrectly but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. 
for women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. Wow. Like that, you, 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 she's basically pushing abortion so you don't have children. I mean, 80, 85% of all Planned Parenthoods in America are within walking distance of an urban community. It is genocidal when you think about the targeting that happens in the black community on the part of places like Planned Parenthood and abortion right activists and uh, the abortion industry itself. And she's going to continue to push for this. But let me tell you, this is an age-old story because at the end of the day, this is about population control. They know it. They know they know it. They don't want it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want you talking about it. Or they, apparently they've gotten to a point where they do want to talk about it, but you're not supposed to be paying attention. Uh, so Glenn talked about it on the show, and thank you for grabbing this, Chris. Glenn talked about it on his show yesterday morning. Uh, but this was March 11th, 1969, Center for Family Planning Program Development. This is, this is uh, a memo. The reason for the memo was uh, what it was regarding was activities relevant to the study of population policy for the United States. And basically, it goes through how you're how this is supposed to alter population trends. Um, it says, you know, my observations limited to the United States and to the activities which might shed light on the necessity for desirability of, and in some cases, the potential hazards of the development of an explicit governmental population policy or policies in the United States. Um, this says, you know, the continued U.S. population growth. It will inevitably cause a deterioration in the quality of life of this and future generations. This can be described as the ecological position. Said, uh, you know, it's, it's an explicit U.S. policy to encourage or compel smaller family size in the U.S. It's necessary to enable our government effectively to encourage or compel, compel developing nations to move in similar directions. This may be termed the international public relations position. And on and on and on it goes. And you read this thing, and it's just insane. The suggestions um, about becoming a contraceptive society. Uh, it talks about uh, abortion. It talks about medical care. Uh, it, the the I mean, absolutely insanity. They you know listen. When you start carrying this to the logical conclusion, you start talking about the propagation of certain sexual lifestyles that do not lend themselves towards uh, progenity uh, and, and like the pushing of all of this stuff, economic incentives to fertility, um, it, it, just a cr absolutely crazy the stuff that they were saying out loud. This was 1969. And just coming right out and saying, no, this is this is the this is direction we want to go. Um, postpone or avoid marriage. Uh, alter the image of the ideal family size. Um, have the compulsory compulsory education of children. Encourage increased homosexuality. Educate for family limitation, fertility control, and the water supply. Encourage women to work. That is, get out of the house so they don't have a desire to have children. Um, compulsory abortion of out of wedlock pregnancies, compulsory, compulsory sterilization of all who have two children, except for a few who would allowed three, be allowed three, confined childbearing to a limited number of adults, stock certificate permits for children. I mean, bro, this isn't communist China here, Chris. No. 
This is a nineteen. This is nineteen sixty nine America. Um, they wanted a marriage tax that was substantial, a child tax, tax married more than single, remove parents' tax exemption, additional taxes on parents with more than one or two children in school, reduce, eliminate paid maternity leave or benefits. You see where I'm going with all of this. Uh, reduce children's or family allowances. But you get a bonus for delayed marriage on your taxes uh, and, and uh, for greater child spacing. Pensions for women of 45 with less than, uh, what is that number, less than uh, two children. Eliminate welfare payments after first two children. Uh, it, dude, I, it's just insanity. Chad, on, on that same page, all the way to the right, I love, I don't love, but it's very interesting how they put Payments to encourage sterilization. Sterilization. Payments to encourage contraception. Like, you know, it's very interesting to see the stuff that the right have been saying what Planned Parenthood is trying to do. You know, this is exactly what this memo, what they want. It's literally saying the quiet stuff out loud in 1969. 1969. Where back in the day, you could say that we cared about family. We, we appreciated the family value. Imagine, imagine a memo yeah. from 2022. Imagine that. Yeah. And that's not conspiracy theory. It's no. literally in it, their it's own right words. Here. I mean, that's, that's, this is a photocopy. That's a photocopy of the actual memo. Because, um, you know, you could tell this is the typeset from something that ain't today. And uh, improve maternal health care with family planning as a core element. Ah, dude, I it just, I, I, yeah. Uh, this is the uh, Jaffe memo from Frederick S. Jaffe, the, at the time, executive director of Planned Parenthood Center for Family Planning Program Development to Bernard Berelson, who's the president of the Population Council. This is March 11, 1969. Uh, that is the source of a chart used by opponents of Planned Parenthood to document the supposed aims of that organization. Uh, Jaffe was merely cataloging various proposals for population control advocated by others, not Planned Parenthood, which is clear in this original memo where the sources of the proposals um, are cited. These attributions were left out of the table when it was published a family planning perspective, blah, 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 blah. This was obtained from the Rockefeller Archives Center in... Uh, so again, it, you can't blame Planned Parenthood for putting it out. We didn't really put it out. Uh, now that once it got out, then they were like, "Oh no, this this was a, just a proposal. This wasn't meant to be taken seriously." Uh, but there it is, man. There it is. So when you have, uh, and I can tell you whether you want to take it seriously or not, I could tell you that um, old Stacey Abrams there running for governor in Georgia, that millions of people are about to vote for. Uh, guess what? She just said it out of her own mouth. She just said the best way to stop inflation is more abortions. Stop having children. Nancy Pelosi, you know, what, what are they talking about? You know, you, you're probably about to see a major red wave that's going to happen here. I, I hope that's going to happen. If it doesn't, then we're, in, we're all screwed. But um, because, again, the, the agenda is so far out in left field. Nancy Pelosi, you know, she had something to say about this, too. Uh, play that clip real quick. When I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomenon. The EU, the European Union, the UK, the British have higher 
inflation rate than we do here. It's not the fight is not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. That's right. So so it's all about the cost of living. Cost of living. Well, what do you think drives up the cost of living? Well, you shouldn't have a big family. It's a global economy. That's right. Um, but she went on to talk about abortion in that uh, in that interview as well. And um, you know, they these problem with progressives is they think that they think that the three percent bots that are so crazy and re on Twitter are reality. And they've been pandering to them for so long. They've they've lost complete touch with reality at this point, right? And um, you know, the the thing about that is they're about to find out that the average person in America, they do care about their pocketbook. They do care about being able to put fuel in their vehicle. They do compare, compare uh, they do care about supply chain issues. All of these different things. They care about those things. Not every not everybody's going out and getting an abortion every month. Nope. That that might be a once in a lifetime thing, right? Uh, or even a never in a lifetime thing. But the fact that they're trying to regulate this like this is something that people are dealing with day in and day out in their lives whether it's abortion or the climate issue or, you know, global war in Ukraine, uh, all of these things that are happening, they, they banked on people caring about that when all they want to do is feed their families, get up and go to work, and be able to keep more money in their pocket. But now, ah, ah. Have we figured out where we fit on the Microsoft LGBTQ2 flag yet? Yeah, put the flag back up there. We talked about it just real quick. If you have that real quick, throw it back up there. There's the we Microsoft we flag. Fit, you know that, that, that color in between the white and the black and the green on the right-hand side? <laughs> We're behind those colors <laughs> right next to the heart and the infinity stone. And <laughs> that's where we stand. That's where me and you Shit. stand. That might be the funniest thing you've ever said. Out past the Infinity Stone. <laughs> oh my God! There it is. That's that's what matters to Americans. Is where do you fit on the damn flag? I mean, that's, that's yeah. It doesn't matter if you're aborting babies or we're lopping off genitals and kids. It doesn't matter about any of that stuff, man. Pedophilia, human trafficking, open borders. None of that matters. Where do I fit on the damn flag? I want to know what my color is. And what if I don't like the color they assigned me? I, yeah, but is it going to be on the flag? That's going to be a big flag one day. You know, with the consumer price index increasing yet again, the stock market's been in absolute turmoil. What's our illustrious leader going to do to quell the surge of inflation that's destroying American families? Well, I don't know. Maybe they'll talk about abortion some more. Who knows? Uh, but I'll tell you what they are going to do. They're going to spend more money. And they're going to add to the burden. Do not bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated. Do something about it. Text CHAD. I spell it Chad. To 989898. Birch Gold is going to send you a free info kit on, a protect, on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Now, don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text Chad to 989898. Claim your free, no-obligation info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered 
a retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold's got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Text CHAD to 989898. Secure your future with gold. Do it today. Be right back. Hey guys, welcome back to the program. Uh, as you know, we love to talk about the books we're reading and uh, the books you need to be reading because they make a difference in your life. I am a big fan of the historic uh, books that the historical books that have been uh, been written by Brian Kilmeade. And uh, you guys have heard me talk about these. We've had Brian on the show before, and I'm excited about the way he does certain things. He released the books, and then and then later on, you know, they'll put out the paperback version and add some more things into them. And, of course, he's doing that with his, his latest book, The President and the Freedom Fighter. Brian Kilmeade, welcome to the show. Uh, it's good to see you. Hope you're doing well. How, how are things going? Uh, everything's going good, Chad. Just getting ready. Uh, you know, I got the election, election season never ends. Yeah, you got so Even you... the off-year election was a big deal uh, <laughs> this year, you know, with Glenn Youngkin winning. Usually it's a breather. Now the midterms matter, and then we'll do, we'll exhale, and then we'll find out if Trump's getting in the race. Yeah, I got, I got a couple of questions for you on that as well. While we're talking about the book, you know, I was with you uh, on the set of Fox and Friends a couple of years ago, and I, I had a copy of my Andrew Jackson, The Miracle of New Orleans, which is a great book written by you, and you signed it. And in one of the things you wrote in the front, you said. Uh, keep history alive and uh, you're doing a good job of doing that with these books the uh, the, the the latest book president and the freedom fighter you've got the uh, paperback of that coming out today as a matter of fact and i encourage everybody to get that what is the story here of the the president and the freedom fighter who are these men you're talking I mean, about i mean a couple of things when i started the project you know it was before the uh, George Floyd riots, and when I'm in the middle of it, the George Floyd riots are happening, and everyone's talking historically inaccurate about America, ra- our racial history, uh, what took place, and 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 you know, are we uh, and Black Lives Matter and things to that nature. And I just thought to myself, either this is going to be a big hit, or it's going to uh, going to uh, the facts are going to have to walk this topic. Back. And the thing is, I think it came out at exactly the right time mm. when you talk about uh, giants of our past, Frederick Douglass. Born a slave, ends up being one of the most uh, prolific people, not in, not just in America, but of all of Europe. And then you have Abraham Lincoln as as run down and as um, a remote as somebody could possibly be who's a white person at that time. Nobody would expect anything of Lincoln, not his dad, mom who passed away when he was young, grows up uh, in a situation where he was almost punished every time he would talk about education or wanting to read a book. His dad had no interest in it. Nobody would have predicted these two men to come together at the right time when America needed it most as it was coming apart in the Civil War. But that's exactly what happened. First parallel, and then they came together. And thanks to John Wilkes Booth, he did more damage to America than any single person uh, in our lifetimes in the history of our country. Because if you put after the Civil War, if you put Jackson, excuse me, if you put Grant with uh, Frederick Douglass and then you put him with Abraham Lincoln in the 1860s and throughout, who knows, maybe a third term for Lincoln, we wouldn't have needed the 1960s. Wow. 
you do a good job of taking um, unexpected heroes, people that that history looks at and says these people should not have accomplished what they've accomplished. Certainly, Lincoln and Douglas, both Douglas born into slavery, Lincoln born into obscurity, both from poverty. They did the things they did. You know, whether whether it is an Andrew Jackson or Sam Houston, these characters of history that you write about and, and you look at the humanity that that is around them and the the circumstances they come out of to create legendary results. We certainly know that of Lincoln, and, and but a lot of times we forget the history of Frederick Douglass. Here are two men who who maybe were not enemies, but didn't get along, didn't see eye to eye, and then ultimately became friends, and it and it ultimately changed history. Of course, as you mentioned, Lincoln's life cut short. We don't know what could have happened. How does this process? How did it happen then? Why does it matter now? Well, because a couple of things you've been talking about the. The, the um, supporting characters. So you might pick up uh, Thomas Jefferson, the Tripoli Pirates, go, I love Jefferson. Mm-hmm. By the time you're done, you're, you're talking about other characters in that book. You're talking about, um, you're talking about uh, great people in our past, uh, great Marines, and you're talking about uh, unbelievable, um, uh, unbelievable supporting characters who lived and died were famous in their time, but not in our time. So with uh, Douglas and with Lincoln, you know, you open up Frederick Douglass. I heard of him. Book of the Year was David Blight. I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lincoln. There's no president who's got more books written about him than Lincoln. But you'll also know Garrett Smith. He's an abolitionist at that time who thought the Constitution uh, just wasn't being lived up to, and it was up to us to straighten it out. And he convinced Douglas that he was right. And then you talk about Lloyd Garrison. He was the first one who saw this. A uh, freed slave who was who was a fugitive, who was earning a living in the Northeast of Massachusetts. And one day, when they would have going abolitionist meeting, he was urged to get on stage. And he got on stage and he spoke. And Lloyd Garrison sees the great potential in Frederick Douglass and says, "Listen, how would you like to be on my speaking tour?" Mm. And he's like, "You kidding me? I'd love to, but I'm not that good." He's like, "You know, you're great because you have a real story. We don't talk about slavery. You were a slave." You talk about what it is like to be a slave and what it was like to escape for freedom and then why you want to make our country live, you know, uh, redo our country, remake our country because it was uh, kind of evil. And he would go on to think that Garrison, as as well as he was intended, he thought Garrison had a wrong message, that the country didn't have to be torn down and rebuilt. He just had to live up to what to his expectations. So he ended up splitting off, getting his own newspaper and then going with uh, Garrett Smith ended up being a financier and a big supporter of his, who was able to sit down and debate with him that the Constitution uh, was great and he should fight for it and be an American and don't look to um, take advantage of your freedom anywhere else. And that's what he ended up doing, is becoming an abolitionist and evangelist for that cause. In 2020s America, you know, I think we are rivaling ideo- ideologically what 1860s America was facing prior to the Civil War and even through that period of time. Is, is there a way for us to take these lessons of history and, and find some common ground again, Brian, or oh, we yeah. just, have we gone too Absolutely. far? Where are we at? Well, I mean, I am not thrilled with the questioning of the elections the way we're doing it. I wasn't thrilled in 2000 mm-hmm. uh, when people said that George Bush was illegitimate. I wasn't thrilled in 2004 when they when uh, they were going to verify and the electoral process and the electorals 
reported to Capitol Hill, and they were supposed to just gavel in. Al Gore was supposed to gavel in. Excuse me. Uh, Dick Cheney was supposed to gavel in the re-election. Mm. And, in, and it, out comes a guy named James Clyburn. And he comes out and says, I really think John Kerry won Ohio, and he should be president. And mm. if they were able to flip Ohio, he would have been president. And I wasn't thrilled in 2016 when they kept saying that Donald Trump was a illegitimate and they challenged his election. And they said that, you know, Joe Biden, of all people, had to quiet down his own party who would not let him get through and just officially coronate Donald Trump as president of the United States. And Hillary Clinton, they called him illegitimate. And I wasn't thrilled in 2020 when the president had all his legal challenges thwarted. Whatever happened, happened. His legal team wasn't up to stuff before. They were. And there was stuff, regardless, our election process is to go forward. You don't like the result, go back for revenge. Maybe I'll do that. Mm. So that is where the rubber hits the road, questioning our elections and going beyond the electoral process. And get your lawyers, chat. If you were to run for office, I would say, make sure you got a legal team. Mm -hmm. Make sure this thing is on the up and up. Check out your precincts. What are the problematic areas? Where is going to be? And you know what? Trump and Biden have all the money in the world. People give them a dollar and give them a million dollars mm -hmm. just so they'll be ready for any type of an end. So that stuff has to stop. But the other stuff, I have no problem with because we know the pronouns is ridiculous that to run on a transgender platform <laughs> is asinine. And to, uh, to rip down our statues and our history is folly. But if you want to debate Obamacare, those are the good old days. You want to debate privatizing Social Security? Okay. Uh, you want to talk about how much money should go on defense? That is an old age-old debate. But we got to get rid of the America's not that great. We're based on uh, stolen. We're, we're founded on stolen land, um, and we we uh, we don't belong here as a country. When we are the greatest country on earth, and uh, we weren't based on slavery. Slavery was a part of our past, like it was a part of every single civilization. The Indians had slaves. Africans had slaves. Mm. Brazil had more slaves than anybody else. Uh, England had slaves. We were just part. We were like everybody else. But our founding fathers were giants of their time, and they were just in their 30s. When we could start agreeing on our foundation, the elections, the greatness of our start, the imperfections of our past, how we should be proud of how we are a self-correcting country, all this other stuff will fall into place. Mm. And I just think you need the right leader to do it. That, uh, you know, Chad, if you and I disagree, I don't hate you. I'll debate <laughs> you. And if I'm secure, I will welcome and listen to your argument. And we'll go back to that when we get the right leader. There's a lot of them in Congress. Mm. I mean, people call them rhinos. Uh, people get mansion on both sides. But I go back to that old thing that if you can get 90% or 80% of what you want, and compromise on 20, I think you won. I like Our it. country is never going to be 100%. And Chad, the other thing is this. If Republicans are, for example, the minority party now, mm. and if they are to get 60 votes in the Senate and keep the House and get the presidency, how they act in that moment will define the next 50 years. Because do you just jam through everything you want? Or do you turn around and say, there's going to be a time when I'm going to be in the majority, minority? And... What do you want? You know, and how can we get together in a few of these things? And that would be give, just like the polarization gradually grew. I think the compromise will gradually grow. I have no problem with compromise. Mm. And I think that'll solve a lot of these other problems. 
Brian Kilmeade, as you know, he is the co-host of Fox and Friends. He is the host of the Brian Kilmeade Show, and he is truly keeping history alive. Stay tuned for everything he has to say, but pick up the paperback book, The President and the Freedom Fighter. Brian Kilmeade, always a pleasure, my friend. Take care, brother. Go get him, Chad. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, man. Hey, folks, if you go to the section of your local clothing store where the he hems shop, you might notice that the price of boxers has gone through the roof. And just to make matters worse, the material's cheap, and these brands are run by a bunch of social justice warriors. Thankfully, I discovered Undertack, the only brand that has literally been battle-tested by special forces. They're the greatest boxers ever made because they cover all the bases. High-quality material that's antibacterial, anti-piling, anti-moisture wicking. Uh, it's not anti-moisture wicking. It is pro-moisture wicking, so you stay fresh and dry all day long. They come with a sturdy yet comfortable extra-wide waistband, and the fly doesn't pinch your business. Undertack is durable, ultralight, fade-resistant, and shrink-resistant. Here's the best part. They're almost 30% less than the competition. GetUndertack.com. That's GetUndertack.com. Get 20% off site-wide with offer code CHAD20. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. And if this isn't enough, Undertack donates a portion of its profits to veteran-run organizations that are actively fighting human trafficking. GetUndertack.com. That's GetUndertack.com. Use offer code CHAD20, and we'll be right back. All right, folks, it's that time in the show where I attempt to wax eloquent. Folks, do you ever worry, as I do, you know, that there might be some cosmic director behind the scenes of our everyday life? Now, I don't mean God. I mean someone who's setting up the world as a crazier and crazier reality television show by the day. A Mad Hatter type with keys to the production of our existence, putting us increasingly... Uh, obnoxious and yet hilarious situations for the viewing pleasure of the denizens of some distant planet catching our satellite signals. I don't know. Maybe we're, you know, in that pod. Right now, our entire American way of life is betwixt the fingers and at the tender mercies of a man who is so barely alive he thinks watching TikTok means keeping an eye on the death clock. And that's tragically funny enough, but he also apparently watches the real thing because he claims to watch Days of Girlhood. Okay. Now, if you're not familiar with this particular dick, tick, dick talk, <laughs> tick talk, Jim, Days of Girlhood is an online diary chronicling the comings and goings of the besausaged female aspirant Dylan Mulvaney. Emphasis on the veiny, if you catch my drift. <clears throat> I'm saying she's got a dick. Now, our illustrious mentally ill presidente. Uh, apparently not only watches Dylan's TikTok show between reruns of Matlock and trips to the bathroom to drop a metamucil fuel dump, but he, in fact, invited this dudette with a dong to the White House, whereupon he gave him an interview and a cookie. Now, uh, watch this. Chris, can you show the video, please? It's day 222 of being a girl. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States. And y'all are obviously wondering what I'm going to wear to meet the President. Here you go. It's the trans flag colors. The president of the United States gave me a cookie. He gave me a cookie in the Oval Office. Now here's the question. Do I eat it or do I save it? It has a seal. The fact that our president has watched Days of Girlhood, it's kind of epic. Now, okay. <laughs> First thing I want to know is how do you get a cookie from the president? All right. 
Uh, how do you get a cookie from Joe Biden? Did you, did you have to let him smell your hair? And if so, did it smell like aqua velva? Folks, if you can't see right now, this dude looks like Ben Shapiro in a wig. And uh, judging by what he's wearing, he's trying to revive the days of Murphy Brown. That was a TV show, kids. I don't know. Uh, here's what's especially interesting to me. Biden has given the fewest number of interviews of any president in decades. For the first year of his presidency, he only gave 28 total. That's about one-eighth of the number Barack Obama gave in his first year and a fifth of the interviews Trump did in his first year. For 220 days of this year, I'm going to repeat that 220 days of this year, Joe Biden did not do a single interview with a TV journalist, not one, which is unheard of in this modern age. Yet he sat down with this Pinocchio of queer folkio whose only aspiration is to be a real girl. Why? The answer is pretty simple, and we'll get into how the interview went here in a minute, but the basic nuts and bolt, but <laughs> nuts and bolts boils down to this. Biden loves softball questions. If you pay attention to the way the man speaks, especially when he's being interviewed, almost all of his answers are generic, full of poorly delivered metaphors and witticisms, tired old saws that were old before he was, and catchphrases which are no doubt easy to remember. For God's sake... When the man does do television interviews, he falls asleep halfway through them. So what's easier than having to answer hard questions about the economy or the nation's potential for entering global nuclear war? Whether or not states should have the right to cut your dong off. Joe Biden is a wind-up toy. Pull his string, point him in the direction you want him to go, and then watch him find a way to screw even that up. It would be funny if it wasn't so damn sad. Now, let's play a clip just to prove the point. Uh, play the first one. Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and, love you. Uh, thank you. I am extremely really? privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need. And that decision is just between me and my doctors. But many states have lawmakers that feel like they can involve themselves in this very personal process. I like how Joe says, God love it. This is my 221st day of transitioning into, God love it. Been praying for you. Uh, oh, it gets worse. Play the next clip. I am extremely privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need. And that decision is just between me and my doctors. But many states have lawmakers that feel like they can involve themselves in this very personal process. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. You know, I think I was saying before we started that my son, my deceased son, used to be the attorney general of the state of Delaware. He passed the, most, the broadest piece of legislation that he, as attorney general, can, uh, was able to convince the legislature and the governor to sign that dealt with uh, all gender-affirming capability. I mean, there's a lot of... Yeah. So, uh, again, his, his son that passed away, he, he did all this major stuff. Uh, you know what? You know what? What? When did an attorney general can pass legislation? Uh, yeah, exactly. Can, can we go back to that? Yeah, you can't do that. And uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Just, you know, the whole God love it comment, and then, and then I don't, I don't believe anybody should be able to have any say in that. That's a personal matter. Okay, I, I hear you. I hear you on that. But again, back to his catchphrase and his little whatever, whatever rattles off his head there. You know what you never see? You know what you never see? 
in an interview like this. You never see the extended hand-holding that Joe does with women. You don't see the up-close shoulder holds with the up-close whispers to the face. You don't see the behind-the-back whisper in the ear linger a little long in the hair. You don't, you don't see that. They're sitting 20 feet from each other across the room. Nowhere close. And he wants to talk about God love it and, and how my son did all these wonderful things. He basically walked on water when it came to the transgender community. Uh, and uh, he didn't. That's a lie. <laughs> but uh, let's go to one more clip before we go to a break. Play it. It feels like Republicans have turned trans and non-binary people into this thing to blame society's downfall on in some ways. And this narrative is not only dangerous to our mental health, but also our physical safety. And particularly trans women of color are being murdered at an alarming rate. More than any other group of people. Thank you. Okay. How can Democratic leaders be more effective in advocating for us trans people and our families and our lives and our opportunities? Yeah, they're not being facetious <laughs> when I say this, being seen with people like you. No, I mean it. I genuinely mean it. People fear what they don't know. They fear what they don't know. And when people realize, individuals realize, oh, this is what they're telling me to be frightened of? This is the problem? This is, I mean, people change their minds. People are just don't know enough to know. And it's not because of intellectual incapability, it's just lack of exposure. And <laughs> get over there and sniff it, Joe. Uh, see if it smells familiar. You don't know what you don't know. Nobody wishes violence on anybody. Absolutely. Nobody wants violence on anybody. And then to say more than any other group of people in America, that's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I mean, you are statistically unintelligent at this point. And, and to create a narrative like that is just absolutely immoral. And what are you going to do? You're going to say Republicans. So, so what, Republicans are people of conservative thought or persuasion, people on the right side of the aisle. They're the ones who are guilty of what? Murder? And the president is going to say more than any other. He's not going to stop her and say, you know, hey, her, him, whatever it is. Stop the guy and say, listen, you're a little off on that. But see, he's not a unifier, nope. Joe Biden. Nope. He loves the fact that Dylan Mulvaney is going to bring up yeah. this whole thing and it's going to make it, oh, yeah, Republicans are guilty of, of creating this mass genocide against yep. the 1% of the 1% of the transgender community in America. See, they're pushing that narrative. So where's the real danger, Joe? The real danger is when the president of the United States marginalizes his political enemies and actually calls them political enemies and basically accuses them of being guilty of murder. That's the kind of thing that's got to stop. Entertaining these conversations like this, that is encouraging more violence. No one's wishing harm on any community of any kind. We don't care what you do. And again, if you watch the other videos of Dylan Mulvaney, who's getting very famous and I assume wealthy off of his, you know, TikTok videos he's putting out there, you know, he's running around the city like Mary Tyler Moore and making these little dramatic videos, seemingly unafraid to be out in public, seemingly unafraid of the violence that is happening. Now, I personally wouldn't go out and make a Mary Tyler Moore 
spoof video in South Chicago. Right? You know why? Because there is some actual oppression going on. There's some real violence happening over there. Yeah, that's MAGA country. I don't want to have a Subway sandwich crammed up my ass and a noose wrapped around my neck at 3 in the morning. I don't want it. Kayla, I don't want it. Not at 3 in the morning, anyway. Yeah, never. Hey, folks, the unthinkable happens uh, any day now. Are you prepared? Are you ready for the unthinkable? Do you have a good stockpile of emergency food? If not, now's the time to stock up before it's too late. Preparewithchad.com. I'll save you $250 on a three-month emergency food kit. You need one kit per member of family. My Patriot Supply has them for you. This kit's going to give you breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks. It's going to give you 2,000 calories a day. It's going to stay fresh when you store it properly for up to 25 years. And uh, you may need it sooner than that, folks, I'm telling you. And no matter when you need it, it's going to be ready to eat. So don't waste any time ordering yours, especially at the great price they're giving you right now. It's the lowest in three years. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company. They want to help American families be prepared for what's coming. So go to preparewithchad.com. Just go to the site. They'll take the $250 off per kit. Your order is going to ship fast and free. It's going to arrive discreetly in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Preparewithchad.com. Preparewithchad.com. We'll be right back. Oh, Sarah. Yes. Welcome back. Hi. Hello. Thank you. Welcome back. You go off, you do all these media hits, and I'm just, Sorry. A, just here to founder, founder around, founder around. Fla- founder? Founder. 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 Of, I don't know. I like much we, prefer this it, side of the couch. That one slouches. It's not like we talk on this show or anything. Um, I don't know how to put words together. It's not like you talk for a living. I Well, I'm just, that was my best Joe Biden <laughs> okay. impersonation. In that fact, Joe had some things to say over the weekend about his mental agility. Play that clip. I, I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think that's totally legitimate. Okay. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to, uh, to you know, watch me. Watch you know, me. am I slowing up? Am I don't have the same pace? As her? Yes. You know, uh, and that old joke, you know, uh, um, everybody talks about the, you know, the new what? 70s, 50s, and all that stuff. What? You know, I, you know, it could be, I, I'm a great respecter of fate. It's still going. I could get a disease tomorrow. I could, you know, <laughs> drop dead tomorrow. I think people should look and say, is he, does he still have the same passion for what he's doing? Here's the attack. Do, Watch the attack come it, in. That's fine. If they don't, then they should vote against me. Not against me. It should encourage me not to go. But that's not how I feel. I can't hey, even say the age I'm going to be. <gasps> oh, yeah, he, he, come, he got face to face with it. Now, you notice he didn't do that with Dylan Mulvaney. No, he did not. He didn't get face to face, hold the shoulders and get face to face. That's contact assault. With Dylan Mulvaney. He's like, I, I can't even say the number. I can't even say the, can't even say the number. I can't 79. <laughs> You're like, ancient, bro. Yeah, we know you can't say the number. That's our problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. It's like that old joke, you know, seventy fifty. Um, what? Uh, yeah, I'll let it play it. Play it. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again, and we have time to make that decision. Oh my God, uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Hello, Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden <laughs> thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, 
uh-huh. that I uh, that that we're that we're doing something very important. What just so, happened? <laughs> he had to think about who the hell Joe Doctor Biden <laughs> who is was. Doctor Biden. <laughs> he, he had to he had to, he had to figure out. Dude, Dr. Biden, uh, is that my dead son? Uh, no. No, that's not. That's that's uh, that's old Bo. Who the hell is it? Is it Ashley? No. No. Hunter played a doctor one time in a sex camp fantasy. Um, oh. Yeah, this is insane, dude. And You know, um, his comms team is constantly like, no, shut up. Stop talking. Oh, it's, look, here's the thing. I, let me just say, let me just say, I, I can't even say the words. Do you know how uncomfortable it is when somebody can't talk? Yeah. And they're the leader of the free world. Yeah. You know, I do that. I mean, I make jokes about, oh, I don't know what words I'm going to say next. Yeah. Make Because it's uncomfortable. It should make you uncomfortable. The poor yes. interviewer. <laughs> Who's sitting there like, are you with me? Are you awake? He goes, oh. Oh? Uh, did I ask something that wasn't supposed to be asked uh, here? Uh, are everything okay? Yeah. And, you know, America, I like to believe, is at least strong enough and running on enough momentum that we were able to go basically without a pilot for four years. <laughs> you know, yeah. we we're floating through the sky, just barreling towards mm-hmm. the ground, you know, and, and it's like there's no way America survives another four years of that Joker. There's no, no way. No. And I don't know if you saw it yesterday or not, but Katy Perry... To change subjects. Play that little clip real quick. Katie was talking about getting the vax and she can't open her eye. Oh, Look. no. Watch, she pushes her little robot button oh. and her eye pops open. Oh, no. She, oh, what is this? <gasps> hey, wait. Uh, wait. She can't do it. Uh, oh, there it is. Oh, is the oh, mascara? Oh, no. I mean, how frightening. It's got to be frightening. You're on stage and tens of thousands of people clapping and cheering and all that stuff, and all of a sudden your eye goes closed and you're like, you have to. You can see the WTF on her face as she goes. You have to manually open your. Push it and it closes right back. She's like, "Oh shit!" Uh, uh, oh no! Wait a minute, there it is. Let me turn my head and see if it stays open. I thought she was wearing some American Beauty by Sarah, and it just glued together. Absolutely just, not. Our it, products don't do that. Uh, uh, oh, well, the shit in the syringe apparently does. <laughs> And that's what's scary, man. It's not just her. How many people have we seen this happen to in Hollywood? Yeah. Justin Bieber did that weird well, Instagram these video. Are, these people are lined up for their 12th booster, I know. man. And Chad, you have comedians just passing out, doing a bit, and then just If drop. only we could yeah. make a connection on and we can't do what it. might don't be ask, causing Don't that. ask about that shit in the syringe. <laughs> you know, you got the TikTok nurses out there dancing in the park about we don't want to die we're staying alive staying alive talking about global warming and then they all lay down and they put the blankets over them you see that clip oh my god i gotta show you that during the break that's a wild one and i'm like yeah but don't you're worried about staying alive don't ask about the shit in the syringe right that's the truth hey don't go anywhere i got some info for you hang tight we'll be right back Look at that you caught me on my phone oh you caught me on my phone eh oh my goodness if only they would count us in so you knew it was coming i knew it was coming <laughs> i like that disinterested i know i've noticed uh. oh 
What is going on? I'm losing weight from keto. <laughs> and I got to go take a piss. Okay. Because I've been drinking so much damn water. Hey, that's good. I'll be skinny by Friday in Washington. So uh, you will. come see me, Everett, Washington, the historic Everett Theater, Greensboro, North Carolina, next week. Come check me out. It's going to be funny. It's going to be funny. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be grand. <laughs> Shop SarahG.com, AmericanBeautyBySarah.com, and, uh, of course, watch Chad.com is where all the fun stuff is. Don't forget to subscribe to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad and save on an annual subscription. And know that we love you. God bless you. Bye. Bye.